what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to doers, creators, entrepreneurs, hustlers, innovators, people in around the world that are they're in their thing, they're on their vibe, they're building on something. They're definitely anti-status quo. They go outside the box. They're trying to figure it out. They're building on their passions, and our guests are no different. And some of them are extremely well on their way of doing that and, and come with a, a multitude of experiences. And, and I'm very grateful every week they come on the show to talk about what they're experiencing in real time as they're building on things, building extra things, expanding, making some new moves. And, uh, you know, I always I always preach to you guys in the audience that we don't glamorize or glorify in success because, as you guys always hear me say, it's not overnight there's actually a process of getting to know yourself, what you're doing, why you're doing, how you're doing it, who you're doing it for, and everything else that comes with that along the way. And it's very challenging at times, but it's also very rewarding should you stick to knowing why you're doing it and you continue to push through it. So our guests talk a lot about that stuff, and I'm very grateful that I get to bring them on. I'm Matt Gottesman, you know, founder and editor-in-chief of HDF Magazine, founder of this podcast, Hustle Sold Separately, a multitude of other uh, brands as well, too. And we could talk about that. You guys can always hit me up um, at Matt Gottesman on Instagram. And thank you for following me on at HDF Magazine on Instagram. You guys are amazing. You guys constantly leave ratings and reviews and talk to uh, uh, me and to the guests. I love that you all reach out to the guests. I've been saying this lately. And I tell the guests a lot of times, I'm like, be, be on the lookout because if you promote it, <laughs> they find you. And I usually do these blasts and you guys are just on it and you guys go and embrace our guests. And I really appreciate that. This week, we have another killer episode. I'm stoked for a lot of different reasons because I have the, in my, in my opinion, I call him the infamous Nick Shackelford. Um, <laughs> he's, the, he's the co-founder of Structured Social. This man... Um, comes with a an incredible background in e-commerce, paid media, and I've been I was just telling him before the show I've been watching for a little while because he was um, his name had been had popped up from several different people. When you're in the digital world, and 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 as a lot of you guys that are listening, you have to understand like the digital world over time gets small, which is why I it, like in the business world too. And I, I always tell people that that's why, that's why you have to constantly keep a very good reputation and at least work on constantly growing your, your, your good reputation. And so his name kept coming up. You have to understand that like the digital world isn't just always this, this social media influence you guys see in the social media, paid media, driving traffic, having systems, growing brands, that stuff takes a lot of math and science and market in marketing <laughs> And this man knows all about that. And, uh, and then also just, you know, we just linked up because of social media. And, and, and so, and I've been trying to have him on for a little while. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, he, he just, uh, he's on a new venture. He co-founded Structured Social. We can talk a little bit about that. Um, and he's quickly become one of the world's leading experts on e-commerce at large scale on Facebook. The fact that I just said to all of you, e-commerce and Facebook, <laughs> most of you guys need to go run and look this man up because that is not, um, it's not difficult and it's not hard. It just takes a lot of time of, of delving into all those details. Um, and you know, Nick can talk about a lot of that. Um, still managing over six figure budgets today, speaks and teaches his tactics and strategies, his own events, as well as I stack, uh, training Shopify, you know, just small company Shopify, uh, geek out masterminds. Um, he's also been fortunate enough to have been a part of growth for, of over 165 brands since he has begun his career. Now, I love helping brands grow. I can't say over 165 brands. <laughs> Maybe I'll partner with him at some point for something, I'm sure. And then I'll be able to be like, and including uh, Nick. So, um, Nick, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it, man. Gee, what a monster of an introduction. I literally have, I have notes. I've been <laughs> nodding along. So I, hopefully I can cover some of it. But from the beginning of your introduction of the type of people that listen to this podcast, the hustlers, the, the the thought leaders, the people that are trying to make something more for themselves, that low-key defines every single step of my career, my life, and where I began at, as you know, like I was 
making $20,000 a year playing division two professional soccer, right? That's like where the beginning all happened um, up until the point where you just said 165 brands. I've been in this specific industry, which is like, I'll, I'll call it paid media as like a giant umbrella, right. specifically Facebook, right? For about five and a half years. And I, I, I'll go back in the top because I know you want to hear a little bit about where I want, where I was and where I'm going. And obviously you dropped a little bit of uh, inside of Structure Social. That's been a project of mine for shit, four years, but it just never, there's that, there's that feeling of, and I think you can relate to it as like that imposter syndrome as you change career paths. Yeah. You know, I do, I do, I, I do, or expand, take the skill set that you do and mm -hmm. move it into something new that mm. technically isn't categorized in the same area. I have a <laughs> shit ton of people that are still wondering, they're like, I don't get your title. I don't get what you do. I'm like, a few different things. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, It's like, I, I totally get it. And, and yeah, the first question I always usually ask everybody that comes on the show is, yeah, how did we get here? Because I, I didn't know about the Division yeah. Two soccer. So you can go as far back as you want. It's it's really up to you. But like, how did we get to to here? And then we're, you know, we're going to talk a lot about uh, on this, you know, like what's going on right now digitally? Like, what you know, and, and what yeah. are some things that we need to think about? What's happening with e-commerce? I know we're only going to get even more digital. I've been preaching it for like the last you know, yeah. two decades, but I mean, it's, a, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, it's evident. It's very, very evident. And it's very alarming how many are um, running towards it and how many are also running away from it. And so I, right. I'm looking forward to that. So let's, let's just start kind of, you know, wherever you want to go back all the way back to. 100%. This is, I'll go back as relevant as possible. I mean, this is, so I've told you, I've been doing this for about five and a half, six years. And the branding side comes from having to brand myself as a professional athlete. I, from first grade at St. Norbert in Orange County, California, where I'm, I'm home, homegrown, born and raised up there. Uh, there's a, you get, you get those goals of a child. What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, that famous question everybody gets asked. Well, all I put was professional soccer player. And that's what I put everywhere. And little did I know is my mom and dad would, would, would top me out at like 5.11 in the morning. And the Lord, the Lord thought I would be like a great goalkeeper at the time, because as you grow up in Orange County, you realize the, the audience that you have is multicultural. You have the Hispanics, you have, um, you have Asians, you have blacks, you have everybody jumping in. And my role at the time, I was not the fastest kid. And they're like, put the white guy in the net. I was like, all right, that's, that's where I'm going. And, and if that's where I can get playing time, then that's exactly where I'm going to spend all my time. Um, fast forward, I ended up getting my very first the school I wanted to go to, the only school I wanted to go to, it turned out being the worst decision I've ever made and put me into a different trajectory. So I got into UC Berkeley in 2013 uh, and I got there and it was where I'm from in Villa Park. Like you can be a, a bigger name in, in a smaller pond. And when you go to a big school like Berkeley where they have the football team, the basketball team, regardless of how good you are, you're just another good athlete in a set of really good athletes, right? And me knowing like what I like, I like appreciation. I like words of affirmation. I'm an ENFP. Like I like having that, like Shaq, you do, you did this, right? Like, well done Shaq. Like I, I know that's my mentality and my personality. Uh, and so I had to quickly reset and I built the rest of where I was in, in St. Louis. So Missouri slew shout out to the Billikens. That is where I got kind of like my wings because there was no football team. They had a basketball team and soccer. There's only one real team and run real soccer team in the whole city, which is, if nobody really knows this, but there's a hotbed of players for soccer specifically in St. Louis um, because, like, the Midwest, it's just got the trifecta, the Kansas City, the Indiana, et cetera, the, the cornbread, home-fed home big dudes that play good ball. That's kind of where things started out. Uh, well, then, as I knew that, that all I wanted was to play pro, I jumped in at my home team. So LA Galaxy came, came knocking in 2015. And when I say came knocking, I mean I made a, a mixtape of myself. You can find it literally on YouTube, Nick Shakur Highlights. It's my best friend, uh, Luke, and I chopped up a highlight video to try to get me into some teams. And, uh, man, this is I knocked on so many doors, and the Galaxy thankfully cracked it a little bit, and I went and, went and fought for, for, for a position for two years. Hmm. It was interesting, right? Like, you, you get to – and then this is the realization. The thing that sucked the most is you get there and you go, whoa, this is literally all I've dreamt about since I was <laughs> old enough to kick a ball and catch a ball, right? Right. And then you, and you get, go – No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you go, oh, wait, you're getting paid $20,000? Nah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 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 hard when um, when the thing you love is devalued 
in who's paying for that thing you love, right? Because then, because <laughs> then you don't really have a control over it. Like, because I know some people are like, oh, but if you really love it, it's like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but 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 you're also out of control because it's like, yeah, I you know. I can, unless I'm taking this for now and then I can move that somewhere else and great, and I can expand from there, cool. But if I can't, then I'm not in any kind of control of also my future and I, I do also have to find somehow to live. <laughs> yeah, you know? absolutely. Like there's, there's still a traditional sense. Like I grew up in, my dad was a HVAC tradesman. My mom was a dental assistant, right? Like there's, the, just think about like the perception of the walls that were already established as like a mid, middle America or sorry, middle income Californian and what my what my ceiling was right like I was pumped I got to play this like already broke a barrier and then all of a sudden like wait I see my cap at 25 24 it was tough that was like jarring to be honest with you because yeah. you're like wait, wait wait what do I do what's plan b what is what is plan b for all professional athletes now let's we can break it down you can go football you can go baseball you can go basketball you can go hockey I would say those core if you're if you're a good player and you kind of like exit it you can go do two uh three things you can go coach or you can go commentate or you can go coach and commentate i don't, I don't know you can go player coach i guess right but you don't really have a step two hmm. so everyone's thinking like what do i do uh, well i, I didn't want to coach because there's, there's that that whole like i i created a skill i created a craft and how do i make money from this craft well you can't scale that craft because it's me the player teaching or me the player coaching which you can't scale so true and then and then it's and oh go ahead go ahead go ahead no you're once you realize like what do you scale a physical product physical product enter in the first brand i was ever a part of was keep air keep air was a goalkeeping brand goalkeeping brand and i knew that the influence as a coach right like uh who who taught us one of the kids that i was coaching about two years ago they go yeah coach coach shack if you if you were to tell me to do it like i would definitely do it but if my mom told me to do it no way i was going to do that Hmm. and Although that little kid that was pretty, it was like off the cuff and it didn't mean anything, but like obviously children speak the truth. The, the fact that he was able to be like, okay, you influence me more than what my actual mom and dad do. That like, that's sad. Like no matter what you do, you can have so much more impact on somebody as a coach or a consultant, you name it, dude. They, you come into a company now, you know how it is. They, Hey, I want I want I want you to come look at my brand. They, although someone internal could potentially be saying almost the same thing that the fact that they put a value on you and you're stepping out of your daily to help, they put way more significance on the words you drop. That's true. That's so true. You know, and th- and then and then of course it's also them letting go to actually listen to do it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's a whole other topic. But yeah. And so I, I saw it, I was like, okay, how do I how do I not get into this? And what I knew at, at the end of the day was like, okay, relationships build deal shit. Like relationships mm-hmm. are built around deals deals are built around relationships how do we how do we take that segue and i was working with a woman her name was rachel plepke and her daughter ava was on the first like private training right if you're going to be a coach and you do privates that's where you make most of your money i think some somebody in the audience could relate to that on the way up and i met her she was the cmo of pepsi in terms of on on the on the consumer and restaurant side so they did partnerships with the syrup there's bottles in the syrup Syrup does like the partnership with BJ's and Wahoo's and then their retails, right? And every year they do a, a partnership with one level. So the, the year I was involved, it was Wahoo's Fish Tacos. Um, if you're a West Coast team, you know how bomb that food is. Or BJ's Restaurants, which is famous for the Pazuki and pizza. Uh, and they needed someone that was a millennial. And me being a 90s kid, true 90s, October 13th, I sat down there. And I shit you not, brother, my name tag was like, Nick Shackleford, millennial consultant. <laughs> just all of it, all, all things millennial, everything. That's awesome. <laughs> well, hey, but like, way to think on your on the fly, and then just like, all right, you know, I'm gonna, cool, done, moving, moving forward. You know, so we, so many people think that they need all the details before they move forward. I'm like, no, you just got to keep moving. People are like, can you do this? Like, I'm probably the yeah. most in the best position to be able to type to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was like, okay, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the most. Well, think about it, right? Like if it's not a matter of being false or, or lying about your capabilities, if you're upfront and me like, hey, I have a passion for this, which I think more often than not, passion will, passion will push you through to progress. If you're able to understand that like, hey, I know I really want to be something in this industry, so I'm going to give that extra effort. Yes. It might not be perfect, but they'll see how long and how hard I'm trying. That's literally the only reason why I stayed around. This is 
and this is what I took away from playing pro is they always would tell me like, Shaq, you're a really good locker room guy. Do you know what that means? I'm guessing you keep everybody motivated. Yeah, exactly. You there's 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 a temperature, and this is a I learned this term I think last year from a great leader at Common Thread, Taylor Holiday, is the temperature leaders. Okay, mm-hmm. you can go into a room and you sit there and you can get your ass chewed from a client, or you can get your ass chewed from from uh, a partner, and you got to go talk to your team. Like, there's no way you can bring that heat into that meeting, yep. or else you're gonna put a cancer, you're gonna put a put an infection into the entire group. So true. Right. So yeah. then at the time, though, I didn't know that at the time I didn't know I was the the ice pack that was put in the hot, the hot, hot oven during the during the when things were good or things were going bad. I was just figured out, like, why did the Lord make my chest so broad? And he's like, well, you got you're able to hold and carry a lot on your shoulders. I was like, all right. Yeah. All right, then. Is a, that is that saying God gives his toughest job or his toughest uh, problems to his his strongest warriors. Right. So, yeah. I, Right. So no, absolutely. And, and, uh, by the way, I, and, and, and you're absolutely right about, um, if you're passionate about something and, and capable, you know, one of the, the, and then I want to continue on with your, your journey, but I mean, one of the, the best and only business lessons I learned from my sister, cause she's always been uh, working on a corporate side, but she, yeah. when she was like 19 or 20 and I was like 16, 17 at the time, she's reading this very extensive book. She's like a rocket scientist. Like literally she's a rocket scientist. Like she's an optical engineer working on, you know, <laughs> rockets <laughs> she's a rocket scientist so like uh and she's reading this book and i'm like what are you doing she's like oh i have to build something in this this and this i'm like you know how to do that she's like no and i'm like why are you reading that then and she goes well there were five people in the room and we were all asked who can do this and out of all five people i was the most qualified to be able to to to, to learn to do it in in total and get it to the t- success level what they wanted to and in the direction of the that I'm already going with the stuff that I want to anyways. So yeah, I man. volunteered and picked up the book. I'm like, damn, <laughs> it's one of the best lessons. And the only lesson really in business because, you know, like we just we just do things differently. But like um, it was one of the greatest lessons ever I've learned. I'm like, wow. She's like, I was the most capable out of all five because I, I was the most um, experienced in this particular area. So. So anyways, I, I had to throw that out. It's there. true. Right. Right. It's, it's true because it's. Like if you are in any situation, this this is something that it's funny that you preface this with corporate America first, because it's easy to see progress in corporate America if you see the other people around. So say if you look at your, your sister, right? Let's use this as an example. I don't know her. Um, she's a rocket scientist. My uncle's a rocket scientist for Boeing as well. So I know these people are very unique individuals that right. like to work the way they like to work, right? right. They're peculiar. Yes. <laughs> so <clears throat> to, to, to say the nicest, right? <laughs> <clears throat> So when you see them, like they are, they, they, they understand that the people around them in corporate America are the people that are going to pave the way in terms of their, their current, their future or their next role. Right. Yep. Well, that, that is a different game to play than it is in the entrepreneur or in the, so the, true. in the, what'd you call Amen. in the figure out your own, cause you can't create the future, right? You're you have ideation and you have history to, to fall back on, but you're, it's new. And I just had a team meeting right before this and we're like, hey, thank you for letting us figure this out because this has never been done before. We're trying to create the future. So you have to give grace for what has potentially happened. It's so true. It's so true. And, and you're right. And in the entrepreneurial world, it's like you have to be so flexible and so nimble and, um, you know, one part creativity one part discipline one part creativity one part discipline you have to like go back and forth while creating the future and it's such a a, a road to uh self-awareness <laughs> they say it's like the, the gateway drug to like self-help and self-awareness because like you have to be so in tune with who you are because as you're creating and new things are coming you're the one now creating those environments versus, you know, versus kind of walking into an environment that's already just, mm-hmm. hey, we we're paving the way for you. Just do this. And awesome. You know, exactly. In the, the, the example that your sister said was she was the most capable at the time to handle the problem, whether though she had the skills to do it. She was the in that scenario at that time, the most equipped to go attack it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and she did. And, and so, uh, but I, I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about my sister as lovely as she's, she's an amazing human being. Actually, I love her to death. Uh, but I want to stay focused on you. So you, so as, as this stuff was going on with Pepsi, what, so what happened as you were, as you were growing and, and cause I mean, you got into some pretty cool areas online that like the, yeah. the world is trying to master. And in my opinion, there's only like, 
know, a few dozen that are like really on it when it comes to the whole e-commerce and Facebook. But first things first, however, we'll, we'll get there. But I'm just curious more about the journey. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you getting me back on track. And I'll address the the few that are on it. And I, I'm confident and humble enough to know that like we put a lot of years and me personally put a lot of years at different levels to feel confident to, to own that and not feel imposter syndrome when referred to as like a couple of the smaller the, the smaller circle of people that actually get it. Um, I feel lucky enough to be in that circle that I feel can get it. Well, um, and, 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 and as you, and as you go into that too, I, your, your quote on your Instagram page, I'm good enough to be in the conversation. Yeah. yeah I yeah, love yeah. it. I was like, Oh my God. I was like, Listen, I, I got to use that. <laughs> it's a, bro. It's a vibe. It's all a vibe, right? Yeah. I I've done, I did a Yeah. Okay. So back to the journey, I'll get to the vibes. <laughs> uh, I, I've, my girl said, look, we already did long distance for three years. You're in Missouri. She was in San Francisco. And she, my contract got sold to Minnesota. And they're like, hey, you have an opportunity. You got to go to Minnesota. And I looked at my chick and she was like, well, you go to Minnesota. I'm no longer going to be around. And I was like, okay, no problem. I, don't th- I think I might have hit my ceiling anyways, which was uh, a hard realization. But it was a good realization or else we, we aren't here. We're not having this conversation. We're not inspiring. Um, and so that put me into, okay, I got to make it work. So at, at Pepsi. It was a project basis, and they didn't necessarily want me to stay on unless I had to move to New York again, back into that travel thing. Uh, Shanice is not moving anywhere, so I had to make it work out where we are. So she connected me with Apple. And if you if you know my setup, which I think once you like scroll through the IG, I live very minimal. And, and, and the only thing excessive I have in my life is the words and the and the and the and the hoodies and the and the crew necks that I wear. I promise you, everything else is pretty straightforward: black, white, brown, and tan. Yep. Straight up. Um, so when I'm when I'm sitting here and going, okay, how do I get to the next level? Pepsi led me to understand what big budgets look like. Apple actually allowed me to actually execute paid campaigns. And what I mean by Apple is, so they contract a team called Mal Media Arts Lab out of LA, Playa Vista area, and they have a paid partnership team which is called Resolution Media, part of Omnicom, one of those large publicly traded agencies that works on Warner Brothers, those those big the big campaigns. And I go, oh, I'm going to be an agency dude. I'm going to be, I'm going to be like a VP of content North America. Like that's what I thought my feeling was going to be. And I got in, and the way that this was being run, and Facebook back in what was it 20, whenever the iPhone 7, the iWatch, and iPad Pro dropped, I think it was 2017. Mm-hmm. This is when I was running CADs for all of Apple. And what you can realize is how many, how much budget was allocated to this and the utter disrespect to return on dollars was so shocking that it, it literally ruined me because I'm sitting here going, okay, so you want to go target all of JPAC or like Australia, Japan, Tokyo, and you want to spend 5 million in how long? And you don't care if you get any money back. Yep. This is, what do you do? What is going on? And it, it, and at that time you think even online, Online is something that kind of shatters people's perception of like, let's go make money online. The first time I saw a million dollars go from like a million dollars spent was in a span of a, a week. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't you don't even get to like fathom what that could do to anybody. And when you're typing in one zero 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 and, and and just typing it in, you freak out. You're like, oh wow, I, I'm responsible for this. This emotion and this. Uh, trust that a, a worldwide brand is giving you is too much to handle as a 25 26 year old trying to figure out their next steps transitioning away from something that they thought was going to be their life panic dude sheer panic you, you know um by the way yes because like you take the money as a responsibility mm-hmm. i and i've been in those positions before especially with big 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 brands the weirdest thing is, is, and this is something that I'm glad that you know we're bringing this up too, because the audience has to understand too. So the entrepreneurial world and the corporate world is different, especially when you're dealing with like Fortune 10 companies or Fortune 50 companies. Their budgets are so large, and I was actually having this business conversation in LA a, a few uh, a little while back. Was like, um, so the 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 marketing team has a very specific budget each year that they have to spend. And I actually learned this in MBA school. I didn't know that this is what happens. Um, if they don't spend it, finance department calculates that the next year and won't give that money to them. Yes. And so they actually have to spend their budget because they don't want to lose any budget because they never know how they when and if they'll need more. 
So they have to spend it because they don't want, they certainly don't want to lose money to spend from their budget. And so right. it's less about the return because they're already like, they're kind of spoiled as like, well, we're already a globally known brand. Like, of course you've seen the watch. Of course you've seen it. Like, and, and, and I mean this without disrespect, but the marketers sometimes in that world, not all of them, not all of them. Cause I know, I know, some, I, I know some amazing people that, you know, they're all about the return in, 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 inside the, the corporations, but there's a little bit of a laziness because they're called marketers. I learned, I actually had to learn this from going to B school. I'm like, Oh, so like you just kind of like you're lucky from being in the environment of it. <laughs> yeah. And so because like everybody knows Apple, a watch dropped. You guys did ads like you're on the ads team. But like you don't like you don't know like Mark, mm -hmm. you don't know actually like, you know, cost per click, cost per impressions. You know, you don't no. you didn't you didn't like, you know, how much went out? How, like how did we you know, how, like all the data tracking, like all this stuff. And um, there's a lot of uh, I call them um, they're like they're. <laughs> They're professional corporate people. Like they, they kind of jump from job to job. And I've even seen this with CMOs. They jump from job to job and end up in these positions. Right. But like they're major companies. So like, did you really get the results? Did you? Or were you just around for the ride and like that now is on your corporate resume? <laughs> exactly. No, it, we, call, we call them ladder chasers. Ladder it's, chasers. It's a there real thing. There you go. I'm going to use call, that we call one. You're absolutely, you're absolutely so on par for this. And you, when you're not held to a performance, when you're not held to, to like dollars in, dollars out, anybody can be good. Yeah, thank anybody you. Can be good. I'm gonna use anybody, that quote. <laughs> when, when you're, when you're, when you're, when your measurement of success is whether people saw it, you're gonna win. Yeah, you're gonna. And so at that time, and that is where it really, really, really pissed me off because I'm going, how am I able to be judged upon what I'm actually doing? And there's this weird feeling that I know people get when they've been in the situation for a little longer than they than they should be. It's like resentment for the decision you made and you're like, no dude, I have to make this work. Hmm. You're like, what do you, like I I joined this team because I wanted to do that goal, which was be a, a VP or be a this or be a, a strategist or whatever it is in this organization because I hold my value to the client that, we, that we're working upon. Hmm. So true. Oh, can you, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I got you. I'm just switching my AirPods. Okay, real quick. so yeah, you know, it, I love that the the ladder chasers. That's <laughs> I'm gonna use that. But you're right. But you're right. Like it's again I, back to that. You know, you're here. You're you're looking at a million dollar budget, and you're like, you know, you're taking it with one responsibility, and mm -hmm. they're looking at it a completely different way. What ha so like what happened after there? Like and 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 um, how did you kind of move around a bit from there and kind of elevate from the position of there? Well, this is this is where I kind of started getting a little full of myself because right when I left, uh, right when I left playing professional, this was to, you remember that phase where like man buns were really cool. Yes. Oh, bro, I rode that wave so aggressive, so <laughs> I shit. Oh my god, this was the this was the straight up the most consecutive sequence of events that should have ruined my perception of. I, I should have been way more cocky than I currently am, but I, I actually grew up in a, like a pretty aggressively divorced household where I got to see a lot of the things that I didn't want to see early on that shaped me to be like, no, you literally just have to be humble or else you're going to lose, right? So that's a quick preface that we can take. A, I digress. When I got posted from Man Bun Monday, sure you not, and at the time this was grinding and growing so significantly fast and I had a massive beard, Right. Uh, down to enough to where you could hold it with a full fist and stuff came from the bottom. That's how big it was. And I had a big brown head of hair and man bun. I got posted on this account. This account the next day got picked up by Cosmo. Cosmo picked it up and then put it onto Snapchat. Snapchat took the same article and the number one picture that people got when they landed on it, guess who? You. Your boy. Your boy. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I, I wake up one day and I got a bunch of these messages. It's like, okay, it's a mixture of like, gentlemen and mixture of girls following and i was like why am i growing so fast and i'm refreshing and i was like oh shit somebody hit me go like hey you just got posted this is really cool and i was like this is this is the internet right this is the someone posted hey go look and follow and like these people and people took action and they did it mm -hmm. that was and before i only saw that on apple and so i'm thinking like of course if apple tells me to buy it, i'm gonna buy it because it's apple they love me but when it's smaller micro quote-unquote influencers if you will asking their followers to do or take action and it works 
that was like the next aha, like, okay, now I don't have to be with the company to make money. I don't have to be with anybody to make money. I got to just build up an audience that want, would want to purchase or, or want to enjoy what I have to share. Exactly. That's the beautiful town we live in. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. And enter in my best friend, Jake Schmidt. Jake Schmidt came out of, um, we were both goalkeepers. He's out of Missouri. And he had this idea. He was always hustling and selling something from the hoverboards to soccer jerseys because that's what we kind of shared together. And this last found, this last one he found in 2017 was the fidget spinner. Oh, my gosh. That was you guys, right? Yeah, Fidgetly. That, so yeah. Fidgetly was the number one branded fidget spinner because everybody had fidget spinners, right? Plural, quotes. Right. But nobody nobody had a branding to it. And I knew from day one because at goal, at, at, starting with the goalkeeping brand, we branded it under a Canadian brand, which was a friendlier feel, which is more identifiable than the other ones in the market at the time. Okay, so we took a polarizing stance on how friendly we were going to be because we're a quote unquote a friendlier Canadian brand. Then, with Fidgety, when Jake launched this and we went through the traditional influencer marketing route, he had these value props which kind of like rose from within the company without us like choosing it, but us being marketers took the psychology and ran with it. The act of spinning the fidgets was so calming that people identified it and tied it to curing ADD and helping autism. Mm. I remember just let that. that sink. I remember just all let that, that sink in. Yeah, I bought I bought them for everybody. <laughs> I bought yeah. them for everybody, and I would sit there, and I would I'd actually use them in meetings. I'd sit there, um, and people were like. Wow, like in the and it, it, it was an interesting tool to use even in business meetings because then they're like drawn in and they're focusing on you and then and mm-hmm. they're like you you look very zen. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I am, I am. <laughs> well, why, why you, the way you, literally the words you just used? I bought it for everybody. Guess who was buying it for everybody? Teachers. Mm, wow. I mean, those counselors exploded. I mean, I saw what happened in the market. Everybody was doing it. <laughs> it's the same strategy. Like this is, and I, we took this from from uh, proactive. Proactive, when they were at their peak of spending, they were very aggressive in direct response. But you can't sell an acne kit to kids that need the acne if they don't have credit cards. Right. So what do you do? How do you, how do you get the parents, right? You, now, you, now you just have to segment your market significantly because now you have to intrigue with, you have to entertain the kids and you have to educate the parents. So every single piece of content you make is edutainment, right? Yep. Everything that Everything that you're trying to craft is going like, yo-yos right the coolest thing about yo-yos when they came out or the stick where you can like throw and throw up a spinning little disc was tricks highlights ability to be unique ability to show your your skills so we leveraged content of other kids making all these dope yo-yo tricks behind their back under the leg stuff and then we told the parents hey yo this is going to chill your kids out for 25 dollars, do you want really want to deal with that headache no <laughs> that's genius no. And they were they were just polarizing, and then even if you view back a little bit, and this is not I can't claim this. This is all Jake's doing. There, when you look at the fidget spinner, what was it? It was plastic and what? And like those um uh like the little bearings, you know like, exactly yeah bearings. So they're ABEX sevens, they're traditional. So we knew, or Jake knew that if we the plastic is a dime a dozen, but the the bearings were the the real win. So we were able to take market share in the bearing manufacturers and partnership with the people that are creating whether it's uh the abex 7 which is just a traditional metal bearing or maybe we're going a little more high advanced and we're doing a ceramic bearing um enclosed or not enclosed with a cap not in cap he knew he's like okay if we're gonna be different we're going after the bearing side and that was our quote-unquote usp unique selling prop that we took to target bed bath and beyond and best buy mm. Oof. you went after the that- big boys well, of course, and that was with we had we had partnership with that. We built the product, we created the, the, the audience. It exists today. Unfortunately, the the site itself is not down or is no longer available. Uh, but you, if you go back in org.com or, or website.com, it'll pull up the past history. And it was it was pretty dope. But again, what did this tell us? You can create a product, right price point, right time, put a good spin on it, and like that money flew in. And at our, at our peak, we were above like two seventy five before we got hit by. Uh, Chinese New Year, which was a great learning for us. Mm, yeah, I've actually I've now seen several times what happens when you do that. Uh, just uh, from my experience in like the the CBD and cannabis market, like when they're like you're having um, um, the uh, the units made in China, right? Like when you're actually having the like the vape pens in the different styles and like you know because there's different manufacturers. And they're like, yeah, we have to take off for about a month. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, what, you okay? Um, wow. So like, and then so so then after that product. 
what did you guys do? Did you, how did you end up with the, with, with common thread? Oh yeah. Well this, this kind of took me to, this kind of took me on a journey of like, okay, I popped off on Facebook with fidget spinners and we're doing, this is the time of like a dollar fifty two dollar conversions selling a $30 product, right? Oof, Printing my money. God. And I'm, and I'm sitting here and going like, okay, well, am I this good? Was this a fluke? Uh, was it just a product? Was it, what, am I good at this at all? And I, I knew that in the biggest in the space and the biggest currently, we call him the godfather of Facebook is Tim Bird. Hmm. This dude, He's got the so if you if anybody is in digital marketing at all and you're not in the group Facebook ad buyers, that's his group. That is like seventy five thousand people of direct response marketers, brands, agencies, affiliates, you name it. It's huge, and he goes. He's in Irvine. I'm in Orange County, and I go, Tim. I, I listen, and I, this is a hack that I did to get a hold of people, which I didn't realize. You have to. I, I learned from it, and I know why it worked. So I'll share it for you. If you add somebody on Facebook, right? and they accept you, somebody you want to talk to, you can't do it on LinkedIn, you can send them money in the messenger. And if you, if you send them a dollar, they get a different notification. And when they open your message and it, and it shows who you are, it literally rains money in the message. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> so I, I, I was blowing up Tim and I, don't, I didn't learn until after the fact, this man is, when you own a group of 80,000 people, 75,000 people, you're going to get messages every single day. Right. Especially in our space because a lot a lot of people like to ask questions of like, hey, can I borrow two minutes of your time? Like that's my favorite question. I, I love getting that because um, it's never two minutes. <laughs> it's never two minutes. Well, I sent him money and he was like, why are you sending me money? And he got a new notification. I was like, I need to get in front of you. I think I got skills to be to, to, to help you grow your agency, agency Y at the time. I pull in. I show my account. He goes, oh, shit, you do know what you're doing. You see my structure. You see my thoughts. You see my strategy. And he goes, OK, let's see what you can do for us. So on a trial period, he gave me two or three clients and he goes, see what you can make from it. You earn, you eat what you kill. I was like, all right, here we go. What, what mentors and what, what, like, like you talked about your father, what they're, what these people are able to do for us is they just need to give us at bats in a safe environment. Hmm. How many risks can you get without being truly like shielded from the downside, shielded from the, the, a little bit of the upside Actually, no upside shielding. Shielding from the downside because it's not your loss. It goes against Tim, right? Or it goes against you or goes against me. That's what happens when we build a team. They are able to continue to get the reps, feel confident enough for them to kind of, you know, they lost a client. Okay, they're going to feel why they lost. Let's do a postmortem. Or you, you unsuccessful campaign, let's analyze it. Let's, what do you think could have gone wrong? But they're still safe, right? They're not going to be losing money. They have a job. They're still learning in a great environment. That's what he offered, Right. Go take your reps. If you win big, go swing. If not, okay, let's understand why you didn't figure it out. That year alone, which was myself, John Biggs, Alex Green, Adam, Corey, Sean, that group of dudes, all we did was market. Media buying. We were selling, we were doing millions and millions of dollars of spend and revenue a month on selling like magnetic eyelashes, LED lights, fake flame light bulbs, uh, dog fur eliminator, um, you name any drop shipping product, I guarantee you we sold hundreds of thousands of it. You got one of the greatest educations in that year that no MBA can give you. And I, I said this so a couple of my uh, of uh, my my buddies and resources, um, I'll probably introduce you to them at some point. They um, they work they work at Facebook, and that's what they. And I was asking and in ads and I was like, uh, they've been doing about three or four years. And I was like, uh, why'd you go there? And they go, oh, because that's the future. And I was like, interesting. And they're like, yeah, well, they're like, it's not so much about if you stay with Facebook with ads. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, what's the, what's the deal on the inside? They're like, it's the, what you learn from doing this about marketing and sales and driving traffic and understanding, you know, returns and all that other stuff like is everything for whether it's our own business or other businesses that we go to work for. And I was like, huh. And they said, and they're like, yeah, like one of our friends, like she left because she became like the head of like digital for like ASU. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. You know, she's like, yeah, they're getting recruited. She's like, people used to have to only get recruited because they're like, oh, they did tech at Apple. It's, it's, it's changing. Now it's like, oh, you did ads at Facebook because people are looking for that because they have a different understanding of like all the components that actually go into um, segmenting the audiences, you know, getting in front of the right people, driving the traffic, calculating that, pulling data, where are we driving them to, 
What are the conversions? What happens after that? I mean, everything. Like you, you learn business. You know, that's incredible. You yeah. do that for a year. What would happen after that? You're absolutely dude. You do learn business, and you learn not just business. You learn the communication of internal, older, younger, losing, winning. Like when when people people will question like, how did you get 165 brands under your belt? Right. Let's just analyze that number in itself. Right. So 165 brands speaks to the events I've been to, which I've been in the past two years, um, over 25 events specifically on that, that breaks down into its own little masterminds that breaks down into its own one-on-ones. Then it goes in the consulting side, right? From the consulting side, anywhere from like the internal team to the, uh, external agency that they have, that they just need a second opinion to just general consulting on them to actually being involved in three agencies and then now to to being able to to comment on all the workshops that we put on 165 brands in five years across i would say at least nine industries that you just start seeing patterns of price points patterns of why that worked why that didn't work oh now we get we get to win and build for other people that are living this right so when what happens when you win is you don't get the full maximum feeling because you're just the marketer, right? You just help them get that growth. But when you lose, you feel that way more because yes. we're always the most expensive on their PL. Yeah. Even right. today, and we get into this like, where, where is e commerce going in 2019? I would say it would be not even just e commerce. People are still not on Facebook, bro. There's brands that are still not on Facebook. We have, there's these massive holding companies that have, I've just dove into this world where they own five or six brands because they have a great, uh, distribution and great fulfillment ability. Okay. That's still something that America is solid at and other, other countries are very solid at as well. But what they don't have internally is a growth focused marketer. They have the traditional CMO and they have the traditional, uh, like juniors, but they don't have that middle tier that's actually built something and did it for themselves. Yes. yes. And they went inside. Ah, oh, you speak in my language. I literally just had this conversation because I, 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 Go on. I, yeah, hit me. I, I, I spoken to a, <clears throat> quote unquote CMO um, a couple months back, uh, you know, who did the, the, the work at the different corporate, you know, levels and all that different stuff. And, and um, they were being hired by somebody. And it was interesting because I, like, we were having two totally different conversations because when I was asking him about his stuff and he, he was very light, there wasn't really much substance. And then on my side, I was just going on a tear about, cause it's like all growth markets of like, Oh, well you can use like, you know, a mini chat bot with Facebook messenger. And then you get your ads, you get cheaper, um, return for that because if you send it to your messenger, I mean, I was going on a tear, like on all the stuff, <laughs> not realizing that I was the one with the value in that conversation, right. which led to a very interesting, uh, of course we ended up working together later on because of, you know, him being a gatekeeper, but it was, it was very interesting. And I didn't want to, I didn't want the consulting stuff anyways, but it was like, it was a very interesting thing because the growth marketer thinks differently. And it wasn't until I started bracing, I, I learned growth marketing from a, an organic um, and a content way years ago, but it wasn't until I started embracing automation systems and advertising differently. And I'm still like very much a novice, like, but I mean, I just, I, I sit behind the computer for hours and like, oh, okay. So if I like do this with many chat and do the JSON through here to like Facebook, <laughs> like I watch all the YouTube videos, I'm, you'd crush me, but that's why I have you now in my life. <laughs> so, but it's like, but, but. Um, constantly understanding growth marketing is everything because that's calculated, that's data, and that's also a true understanding of your audience. I mean, that's where that's where the money is on all everybody's side. That's where everything's being made. And to have those, you, I, I just I couldn't agree with you more. You have to have a growth marketer on your team somewhere there, or at least that thinks in that capacity and is around other growth marketers that can bring you more people to, to help. Exactly. You and it's and the, let's be really, really clear on what growth marketer means in terms of my definition currently. Someone that is tied to the outcome of a financial win or financial loss. There you go. That is that is growth in the sense of what e-commerce is in 2019 in e-commerce in general. That's a really well way of putting it. Because it, the, even even now, like when when somebody w w wants to talk about us, right? I even I even gave you the title of pay to stay. It is pay to stay. And this is how it's been for the past two years, but even more so now because of the, the limitation of insights that Facebook is giving you specifically. And when I talk about this, everybody, I'm not going to harp on this. If you haven't watched the great hack, 
the, all yep. the all the Cambridge Analytical conversation. You watch it, right? Yep, that shit was wild. Oh my god, game changing! I I sent it to my mom. I was like, "Mom, you want to know what we do? This is a little bit of like what we do." She called me in a panic, like they know everything. I filled out so many of these damn surveys. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and and for the record, and for the record, everybody listening, Nick stays on the good side of all that. But if you guys are watching yeah. the Great Hack, it was you know Cambridge Analytica, you know they were Facebook advertisers. They you know it started way back when they were experimenting in the Obama campaign on on the the nicety side, and then they, you know Brexit and uh, and uh, Trump and all that. We we don't we don't do politics on the show. I never do politics, but it just it just talks sure. it just talks about for everybody that's listening. It just um just how there's so much data online, and so you can use that data to um advertise you know whereas you know people like nick and i think about um products and services other people have also thought about like well how do you apply that to like growing a music career or growing a political career or growing a you know an artist career like there's there's a lot of different ways that you can leverage that and these you know these guys did (laughs) no literally and it's not a matter of politics it's a matter of use utilization of a tool yeah right yeah at the end of the day it's growth if if brands are not realizing that Obama won a campaign because he was able to find funding and scale his funding operation through digital. And you are saying like, I don't know. Facebook's not going to work for my brand. What? Yeah. What do you mean? He just won a presidency based on the same tool that you can use to sell a widget. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exactly. this is this is this is the thing that like blows my mind, and I'm like sitting here in 2019, and I sat and uh, I drove to Scottsdale from Orange County one day. It was a 12, 12, 12 hour trip to sit down with the team. Great, great guys. They are big box dudes. They make food. They're a part of like this whole industry of like what what's shaking and baking the food industry. And I literally explained to these people. I go into Facebook and I make an ad, and then you click that ad, and then you land on my website and then you buy from my website and they were shook. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, you're a multimillion. This is incredible. How, how is, how is that not happening? And I, I can go deeper on that anyways. And well, did they, do they understand? I mean, so here's, here's what, and you and I both know from the, from the online world as well too. Like this is the state that we live in and it's a beautiful thing, but there's also a process to it of, um, at each of those areas because there's the, Understanding who the audience is and testing things out and seeing how they understand it, stand, uh, how they click on something that you put up. And then the experience that comes after they click on that, where do they go? How do you, um, you know, maintain their attention? Because, you know, they may go to your website and then leave. Do we try to capture them in a multitude of different ways? How do we capture them? And then we can also retarget them so we can keep, you know, in front of them long after they've now come to know who our brand is. Like, so there is all those intricate details that you do. Um, and I think what happened is when people argue that Facebook isn't uh, good for their brand or just advertising in general, somewhere along the line, they probably had either one of many, many, many agencies who don't necessarily focus on it, or they, they were so used to using just big budgets with no returns or whatever number of you know freelancers out there that were just like, yeah, I can do it. And they're just kind of like just doing it just to do it, not actually from a growth marketing tied to financial performance side. And it didn't work, so therefore Facebook ads doesn't work. It's like no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to actually have the right setup for it, and and um, and that's it. You know, you yeah, you. It's it's not a matter. Of it didn't work for you. You didn't make that work. Yeah. So I, I hear it on this, and when when brands are sitting here going like, okay, I don't want to talk about being nimble or not being nimble. I want to talk about people that are just open for change. People that are able to create iterate and then launch because it's we live in this really really aggressively and people get so romantic about okay well i gotta make sure that copy is absolutely perfect i'm not saying we should have grammatical errors or or taking polarizing stance that doesn't fall in line with what the brand values are but i'm just saying when you launch an ad you only get like a couple thousand impressions and or you're arguing about an ad that's about to be launched to only get a couple thousand impressions you have to let it go there's no one's gonna remember you how many ads do you get hit with a day Yep. You. Yeah. Oh, me personally? Oh, man. Yeah, you personally. Um, Tons. But you can't go off on me because 
I actually secretly save all the ads. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I have, an, I have an adspiration game that we just put everything there. Oh man, good. So I'm not like the only nerd out there about it. Because yeah, mm-hmm. I so I save them all on Facebook. You know, I'm obviously getting a lot of the similar ones just for some 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 things that I want to do coming up. And I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty good. Uh, you know, I may not like that person, but I'm like, no, oh, that's good copy. It's decent copy. You know, <laughs> so exactly. Yeah, but I I mean I get help with a lot, and I actually and I just posted about this this morning. You probably saw it on my stories. I I said this specifically last night, and I'd love to get your take on this. I I specifically do not have any dog needs at all. And so I personally actually was showing somebody. I said, yeah, let's talk about dogs, 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 dog food, dog food. I need dog food. And then sure enough, boom, today on Instagram, got the ads for um, dog food. So what's going on? You're you're a Facebook. You're the, like one of the Facebook people. What's going on? Is Instagram listening oh. to us? Is Facebook listening to us or what? Are our phones 100%. listening? 100%. Yeah, okay. 100%. Good. Messenger. Messenger. You got microphone on because you can make calls within this. Yeah. So this is... This is a no-brainer, bro. You can – at anywhere in our life, you have to assume somebody somewhere is listening or watching. There you go. I don't care if you're in the incognito. I don't care if you're using a VPN. Someone somewhere is getting that something stored. And, I, and I'm okay with it because I'm a marketer, so I want the ads. I'm similar to you in the sense of I'm over here changing my gender on Facebook, and I'm getting questions from my from my friends of like, whoa, you got something to talk about? I'm like, no, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get hit with a girl, like ads that are girls between my age range. Man, that's actually genius. But I can say, so it's funny how like the public doesn't, it's, again, it's a growth marketer's mindset because it's always about running experiments. And um, oh, oh my gosh. Right? And oh so, my, oh, yeah. absolutely. And, on your personality, on anything. Yeah. And and that's just it. And that's that's really what this whole world is with uh, with growth marketing is like, it's just, uh, and, and growth hacking as we, I feel like it moved from growth hacking to growth marketing is not like, you know, they're not really using the word hacking it's anymore. It's more proper term. Right, right. Yeah. But it's it's all about running experiments. And that's why, so you literally changed uh, from male to female. <laughs> you have just to, to get different you ads. You have to be doing that. That's genius, man. Um, what do you, what do you predict for like 2020? What do you see happening in, in paid media and, and Facebook ads, Instagram, all this stuff? Oh, that's a great topic. Okay. So in 2020, I know, so we've done the math year over year, month over month, it's getting more expensive on Facebook specifically. Right now, there is no other platform that's going to drive you the amount of return and the amount of, let's say just general, general learnings because the back end of Facebook allows you to be like, okay, this angle, you can organize very, very cleanly on Facebook, which is why I still believe it's going to be the best platform for us to use in 2020. But platforms that are coming up very, very aggressively are the video game, Twitch. We have YouTube of people watching video games through YouTube. The hours spent there. We have Yik Yak coming up. Sorry, not Yik Yak. We have TikTok, TikTok. is what I meant to say. Yep. No, not Yik Yak. Yik Yak, I think, it pretty much folded, I think, a year ago. I'm just, um, I'm just uh, and I'm just starting to enter into TikTok. I'm like, I'm not fighting this. I'm going to, I was like, no, I, no, I got no. it, Gary Vee. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. Not even what Gary's dropping, because obviously Gary likes, loves to talk about that talk. We ha- we're trying to enter it from like, what is a compliant way of marketing to this generation? Like, how do we start shaping our messages that are not intrusive, but still going like, hey, we're a relevant brand. You should play with us. Like, do you think Truly and White Claw expected to have the summer that they had? But as soon as someone dropped Hot Girl Summer, this motherfucker blew up. Yep. Yep. That was they just joined on that trend and they were able to capitalize because how quick they uh spritzer or seltzer, alcoholic seltzers, was this around ever before? Nope. <laughs> yeah. Out of nowhere. So what in twenty twenty it's like the amount of it's still the same principles apply. The application and the ability to still test quickly makes the most sense. I mean, we're sitting here going like, okay, what platforms are we looking to you? I think YouTube the issue with YouTube right now from what we're seeing on the growth side is they're, they're thinking that the content that you can win with on Facebook, Instagram, and Snap, all three of those have their own unique consumer uh, consumption patterns, right? Facebook likes to talk about like lean forward, lay back type of content where content that's short for 15 seconds because they're on the go so you don't want to do a full message or maybe they're on Wi-Fi, they're at home. So that's when you actually want people consuming longer types of content is once they get into a Wi-Fi area. So you can only target people that hit Wi-Fi and you can show them a separate message, right? Those are the congruencies that people really need to start paying attention to because the cost to acquire a new customer profitably, profitably on first purchase are slowly moving away from that being ever, ever something true, specifically on Facebook. No, that, that makes complete sense. I mean, for me, um, any of the, the stuff that I was doing with like Messenger um, and, and ads was just like, I just want you to come in my world. 
I just want to, I want you to come in my world. I want you to like enjoy like who I am. I want to have the relationship and then we can talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so that way, like, uh, so I'm not necessarily trying to get into first purchase as much as like, Hey, let's, let's, let's just come into my world, get to know who I am. And then, you know, if you're vibing with me and this is a, you know, a good product or a service to you, let's talk. Exactly. If you, if you think we stand for something that resonates with yourself, Click yes. Click click on one. The, the, the ticket to entry is the purchase of the product. That's what I like to think about. Someone talked about this as Disneyland. What is Disneyland? Disneyland is the perfect example of an e-commerce experience. And let me let me stay with me, okay? We get on that ride, right? We log in to the we go to the website. I'll go, I'll go side by side of, of Disneyland to a website experience. You stand in that line, okay? Yep. And you're sitting there waiting for, for your chance to take the ride, okay? So you're now queued up. You're just visited a website. You go all the way through. You're taking your funnel. The funnel is walking down this, walking down the line. Then you get to the website and you start going down the funnel, seeing what they got to offer. That whole experience is now the ride on Disneyland. Where do they drop you off at at the end of that ride? The gift shop. They dropped you off right at the gift shop because they just gave you this experience. You were so happy. You enjoyed it. You fell in love with the story. You fell in love with the character. Guess what? If you loved it so much, why don't you buy that bottle? Why don't you buy that drink? Why don't you buy that shirt? Yeah, it's okay. the same fucking thing. Yeah. Though they do the thing like the photos and like, here, put it on here, have a framed photo, have it on your shirt. And you're like, man, you guys are good. Like you got that picture when I was coming down Splash Mountain, you got that? <laughs> In the, and and what, why do they take that picture? Because it's at the, the climax of the most emotion you have of the ride. That's a good one. That's true. That's true. They're getting you right while you're like, oh, I, like, and there's an adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, is so, that what I look like? <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's like, nah, damn, I need to get a better, like, O face or whatever you want to call it. Like, like you're sitting there, and the Disneyland does what we try to do create an experience, and they enjoy it so much, they can give us cash for it. Then you have it forever. So when you apply it that way, then everything you have to do has to be first class and has to be taken as uh, a consideration of a customer journey. Same way with the ride. You have a beginning, you have an end. They build up the drop, and they build up the 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 scale, etc. It's it's my favorite analogy. Man, it, uh, if the phone does not ring or your DM does not blow up after this conversation, because <laughs> I got I got I because I got the business, and I also got a lot of the music artists. There's a lot of music people that follow, but that's probably because of a lot of the producers we've had on as well. But like, uh, but because um, like you know, there's. There's a lot of people who've uh, they've applied Facebook strategies, and this is this is um, they're having these conversations inside like the the you know different entrepreneurial clubs for music right now, is like you know they're doing they're they're using mm -hmm. Facebook ads and Instagram ads like I just want you to check out my music, and like you know you get a hundred two hundred thousand views on something, um, you know and then people see that and like it just has a it just has a you know a growth to it from there or whatever. And then, and that feeds into, Absolutely. you know, that feeds into things. It was funny. I actually did a video um, organically, just about to hit a hundred thousand views on that on, on Insta, the, the Jay-Z Jay one. Yeah, that was actually organic. Um, but it's been interesting that it, 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 it was, it was a good test for me because it nearly banked me a thousand new followers. Mm. I haven't done, I haven't done a run like that in a minute because I just algorithms. I don't care. I don't really try to pay too much attention to that stuff, but but it was very interesting experiment to see like, huh, like, um, because once what IGTV does, because it hasn't been monetized yet, is once you sit, uh, once you hit different thresholds, um, it gets recommended differently. And then, mm. and as it gets recommended differently, it brings it in, in wider and wider audiences. And then all they have to do is just come to my, my profile once. And, you know, so that was how I was able to, it was, it was just a very interesting experiment. I was, I was like, all right, well, we're going to alter videos, me and then others, <laughs> so, exactly. you know, but, but I mean, but staying on brand, staying on mission and brand, you know, so, um, man, yeah. Well, what, what, like, what markets do you like right now for products and services? What are you, what are you seeing out there that like you're kind of you either I or people that you're helping or, you know, that you just find fascinating, especially going into 2020? Yeah, 100%. I mean, what I'm, what I'm looking at, this is, this is kind of what we get the question of like, what type of businesses do you love to be in or partner with? And it kind of falls down to like three main niches right now. One is the pet niche, right? pet industry. Oh, Why? Is because I so I, I own two French Bulldogs. Um, these dogs cost me a small sedan, so I know anything I do, they're always going to be coming first. I have them tattooed on my body. I love Luke and Levi with my full heart, and I know that if I go into a vet and they tell me that yo, you need to do A, B, and C, 
no matter how much it is, and I know every I hate going to the vet because they always fuck me. I, I I sit there and I just like hold my credit card out and like just do it already. Like, thank you. Just go ahead. As soon as you walk in with the two dogs, so the dog industry is so loyal because think about how often if you own a pet, you're going to be changing up their food. Not not so often. You're not going to be doing that. It's the same thing with their treats. It's the same thing with their toys. If you buy one product and it's a good experience, more likely than not, they're going to stay with it because it keeps the dog happy. And we love our pets like our like our child, except even more. Mm. For I, I can't I can't I can't characterize why. Second, the baby industry. The baby. It is always baby baby season. It is always baby season. Okay. People are always kind of uh, create. People are always gonna always gonna want to shop. It's a gifting. It's a self purchase. There's just a lot, and they stay with you, right? If you find one brand and they're a, t- a toddler, you're going to stick with them all the way to maybe they're uh, young kids. Same thing as a couple months old. They're going to stick with you for a couple years old. So though LTV plays are where I'm really paying attention to. And the last thing is female care. This is a no-brainer. I think everybody else in, in terms of like this world really, really cares. And from, from whether it's female uh, cosmetic products or it's female uh, health products, these things are just built for them to purchase because – a, they control the wallet. So that's one. Yep. B, they're more often open to trying something that they see yep. trending. Like I don't want to say that like they're more persuadable, but they low key are more persuadable. Um, I, I guess how would you put that? Why do you feel? No. Why do you feel women are easier to sell to? No, I'll, I'll tell you exactly why. Um, I'll tell you exactly because I actually the 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 stats show um, uh, a little bit of what you're saying, and they haven't changed in years. Because when I was at uh, with Louis Vuitton at Hennessy. And um, one of the the uh, CEOs was saying um, for one of the brands was saying, oh, you know, what do I know about Facebook? You know, I'm female. I'm, I'm this age. You know, I'm 55. I was like, actually, 45 to 55 is the most dominant market of females, followed by the 24 to 35 right after that. And she goes, really? And I said, they have. And I started explaining all the stats of women and spending online. Um, women, um, they they just they're from what I've seen from the studies are showing is this, that like. Like men are slow when it comes to they have to analyze like mm, let me see where else I can find it over here you know is is it this price over here is that price over here women like they take chances they take risks they're like I want to see if this product is good if it's good I'll buy it again like I'm looking for quality I'm looking for this like they just know how to make decisions faster from what I've seen from the data they 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 make decisions faster if mm-hmm. it was like something like if fifty percent of them had a bad or if they had a bad experience, fifty percent of them would actually go back and try it one more time. They'd be like, Okay, let me see. Like men would like be tainted and like, no, it was wow. horrible. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go somewhere else. Like like women were they were just more forgiving as consumers and saying, All right, let me see, you know, how it goes, let me see how it works again. Um and then just in general the, the stats were just showing incredible amount. Like you said, they they control the wallets, they control the households, like seventy percent of the spending, um, and uh, you know, and, and the decision making. And uh, they just move faster. They just they they're they're able to try new things faster. Sometimes men aren't as like you know, you know as as big risk takers as men sometimes claim to be. <laughs> they 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 often can get a little bit slower sometimes when it when it comes to like just executing on on a new product. They want to go analyze where everywhere else they can find the best possible deal. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we 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 as men we make we try to make logical decisions. Like a lot of if you were to take a large sample size and you put a price a. a you put two products in front of us and colors, et cetera, like not important. And one's cheaper versus the one that's more expensive. We're just going to choose the cheaper one. We're just going to choose the cheaper one because right. it's, we can justify in our mind. Like, listen, if it's not as good as the other one, it's okay. Cause I pay less for it. So it's, it's totally fine. Whereas the females, it's more emotional and that they can tie it to like, well, I saw so-and-so try this and they had a great experience. So I'm going to, I probably going to have a good experience as well. Yep, and that's and that's why when we try to tell those stories, we try to keep it as as romantic and as uh, open as possible. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so true, and, and maybe 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 women value um, value more. I mean, I I know I value value mm. a lot, but like you know, if men are always looking for such deals and stuff like that, but it's like I mean, I'm not saying because women women look for good deals. That, that I mean, of I, course, they find incredible deals, but I, I feel like they find incredible deals and it's value. Whereas men are like, that's cheaper, I'll take that. And it's like, well, well, hold up a second, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's gonna break, and then you're gonna actually end up paying more by buying that so many different times, you know, than than the slightly better thing. So. Awesome, man. I, 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 we could go on stairs and, and we will because we're going to probably do a round two. I'd like to do a round two with you. What, um, where can people find out about you right now? Like find you online, get in touch with you, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my Instagram is I am Nick Shackleford. Um, on Facebook, I am Nick Shackleford. It should pop up. 
and on on Google. Obviously, our company is Structured Social. That that's probably is the quickest way of getting a hold of me. I'm pretty open for conversations, except Mondays until twelve o'clock in the afternoon, just because that's all team time. Yep. But this, I'm I'm I love this industry, dude. This this we're just beginning, and for us to be in a in a digital world, living the way we want to live. Like today, I'm at I'm at my uh, best friend's bachelor party. And I, I get to spend this time talking to everybody else and lead my team from here. So I love it. Right. That's that's amazing. What, what do you guys got coming up? Anything in particular you want to share? Yeah. So we have our Geek Out event, which is going to be up in uh, up in New York, October 4th to the 7th. And what we like to do, we do, we've do we done this every year. This is our seventh event. This one is about Q4 prep, right? Mm-hmm. So for us that are selling a physical product or anybody else that's selling anything, even looking for introducing yourself to new markets, the research shows introducing a product during this time of just collective hallmark shopping we call it like how many hallmark hallmark holidays can you get in front of it's the same thing for building a personal brand because people are just naturally willing to be more open the pockets are open their their checks are open they're willing to take more risks because a it's a gift so if they if you check enough boxes for somebody else you might get your product or you might get your service you might get anything that you're promoting more likely bought and seen especially during this period of time. Man. So we do a, we do a major event in New York called uh, the Geek Out. And uh, I think I posted about it, but I'm, I'll, I'll send you the link on, on your side too. Yeah, you know, po- uh, give it to me. And uh, everybody listening, I'll, I'll, I'll also put it in the show notes so everybody can, you know, uh, think about attending or, you know, that, that listens. Uh, I just I feel like when people see the things in the show notes, and they'll also be able to find you through uh, social on the, on the show notes as well too. But yeah, send me whatever link you want. Um, it'd be great because uh, I, <laughs> I have a feeling it's gonna be like a flurry of people just like, okay, we need to talk. <laughs> you know? Let's go, no, let's go. <laughs> I know I'm one of them, so that's a it's a conversation for another time. But um, I man, appreciate you, brother. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate having you on. Uh, and as I like, I tell all of the guests, you're welcome back on anytime. So if you want to do, you know, a quarter four. Here's how you prep for your business in 2020 and beyond, you know, we, what, or or whatever. But you know, please feel free. You're welcome back on anytime. Um, you got the private link, you know. <laughs> you can sign up anytime you want. <laughs> uh, so no, and then um, you know, just just in general, man, I, I really appreciate everything that you're doing. Uh, and again, like your your character, it just it's it, it it shines through. That's how I've found you amongst all of the online people, and why your reputation just stays stays strong, man. And I, I just I really appreciate you being on the show. Likewise, man. Thank you for having such a great voice. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, stay tuned for one second. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, link up with you here offline. And then um, for everybody listening, I am Nick Shackelford on Instagram, Facebook, Structured Social is his company. This dude is like one of the top Facebook people in the world. He may or may not say that, but I'm going to say that. Um, and uh, <laughs> But he loves it and he does it right, not top because, uh, you know, sometimes people just promote like I'm the top because look at me. Nick actually just like breathes and sleeps this stuff and loves it. And he helps these brands. So um, be sure to check him out Uh, for myself, Matt Gosman for Hustle Sold Separately. We are out.